Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, as you know, I like to capture cool things that you say and then ask you more about them. So the other day in a workshop, you said, ask questions you don't know the answer to, which I found a really interesting statement, and it's not how most people do things. So tell me more about this mindset and how you're thinking about things. Thanks for that. And it's actually, you can also talk about the other side of the coin. Never ask a question you do know the answer to. Okay, so it can be interpreted both ways. What I noticed, I went to grade school and high school a long time ago. So I started first grade in 1950 and graduated from high school in 1962. And I can't remember once during the 12 years where the teacher ever asked us, the students ever asked a question that the teacher didn't know an answer to. So it was all about memorizing the answers of the books and memorizing the answers of the teachers. For example, you'd learn something and you'd know all the answers. Never once did the teacher follow up, say, now that you know this, what do you think you can do with this? Okay, because the teacher wouldn't know the answer to that question. Okay. And I think that there's lots and lots and lots of different situations in life where that's still true, where, you know, in sales presentation, never answer a question unless the person is going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. In the entire legal system, only two individual roles are allowed to ask questions, and that's the judges and the lawyers. No individual who's not a lawyer or not a judge can ask a question in a courtroom. But it's really, really interesting. In the entrepreneurial world, all breakthroughs are created by asking questions that you don't know the answer to. In the scientific world, all breakthroughs occur because you're asking questions that nobody knows the answer to. So I think that there's a conforming world where you learn the answers and you memorize the answers. And when somebody asks you the question, then you can give them the correct answer. And there's sort of the creative world. So you could divide the world population into people whose life and their activity and their profession is a conforming activity. And there's a probably smaller percentage, smaller percentage of the world population where the life is basically live by asking questions of yourself, asking questions of others, where the answer has to be created as a result of the person thinking about it, you know. So there isn't anything in coach, and we've been doing it for 33 years, strategic coach, where I can remember I ever asked in a workshop a question that I knew what answer the entrepreneurs were going to give. Mm-hmm. I would consider that almost insulting for me to ask a question that we had already covered, like, you know, what free focus and buffer days, like all the terms that we have in the strategic coach. I would never say, now, what's the thing that we have to remember about this? I, I would consider that it's an insult to me to even think a question. And I consider it totally insulting to the entrepreneurs that I would ask such a question. 
Well, it's patronizing. You're asking a question as though there's a, a right answer. Yeah. There's a definition for sure. It strikes me, Dan, that the conformist is all about having the right answer. Yeah. And the creative is about having great questions. A great questions, but also a new answer. Right. Yeah. One that didn't well, exist. Before. Yeah. Great questions generate entirely new answers right. and unpredictable answers. You know, I love that we that you will never ask one of those types of questions because it's rude. <laughs> it is. Well, well, it's bizarre. It's yeah. I'm insulting to people's intelligence, I think. Yeah. Why would you do that? You know, what's way more interesting is what do you want to do on your free days or how many do you want to have? And that's a question you don't know the answer to. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say, okay, we've got the time system, free days, focus days, buffer days, free days, no work at all. Focus days, the best money-making work. And buffer days, behind-the-scenes work, delegation, cleanups, new learning, new implementation. And I say, okay, let's just take these and let's talk. What are three experiences that are really great experiences that have come from giving yourself complete free days? And then what are three experiences you've had, focus days and buffer days? And I have no idea what the answers are going to be because each individual has to check their experience out. Oh, yeah, there was this and that. And then they start talking about all the different experiences and all their different kinds of experiences reinforce the concept of free days, reinforce the concept of focus days and reinforce the concept. I'm not interested that they know the definition. I'm just interested in that when I ask the question, they know exactly what I mean, and they go right to their experience and show the proof that this concept has been beneficial for them to organize their experience differently since they've been in coach compared with how they didn't organize their experience before. Oh, that's so true. You know, how they're organizing their experience once they've been in coach versus when they didn't organize their experiences beforehand. That is a really interesting way to look at things. Yeah, and the greatest tool we've ever created is the new certainty uncertainty worksheet where I say, okay, let's just brainstorm. What are the most exciting new possibilities that you have right now? Could be personal, could be in your business life, and they brainstorm for a minute. They'll put five or six things down. And I say, okay, let's just take one that it's really worth thinking through right now. I don't know which one they're choosing. I don't know what they brainstorm. I don't know what they're choosing. And I say, okay, so we're going to take two minutes, write down what the possibility is, write why this strikes you as very important. If you turn this possibility into a reality, why will it be a breakthrough? And what will be the advantage afterwards if you have that breakthrough because of this new possibility? I am the foggiest idea of what they're writing down. And then I say, okay, now let's spend two minutes taking everything that you're certain about that you already have working for you that supports your possibility. And I'd like you to fill in five things right now, mm-hmm. existing knowledge, existing skill, past successes, other people's capabilities, opportunities in the marketplace right now. Just write down five things that are certain that totally support, and they make you very confident about your possibility. I am the foggiest idea what they write down. Okay. And I say, okay, now we're going to go across the border into uncertainty. So what is it that you don't know, what you're not sure about, about 
this new possibility. And this is going to require new information. You're going to have to go and find out all sorts of new things. So just write five things that you're uncertain. Two minutes, they write it down. I have the foggiest idea of what they wrote down. And then I said, okay, let's take each of the uncertainties now. And who could you go and talk to about this immediately? And they would be the one who would become responsible for turning your uncertainties into certainties over the next 90 days. And they write down and I say, good. Now at the bottom, how did this raise your morale? So what do you feel proud of already and just thinking as far as you've thought, they write that out. I said, okay, let's talk about momentum. What's already moving? Where is progress already moving that you're feeling confident about? And they write that down. And then I said, what about motivation? What do you feel really excited about now that you've done this thinking, wrote it down? So I got four, I got nine, I've got 13, I've got 18. They filled in 22 boxes and I have the foggiest idea what they've written down in any of them. And they say, this is the greatest exercise I've ever done in my life. You know, and then we go around the room and they say why they feel that way and everybody answers differently. So you can see the contrast between our approach to education and learning Mm -hmm. compared with conformist learning, where every question the teacher would have known what goes in every box. Right. Which is not how to work with entrepreneurs. Well, it's not how to work with human beings. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Dogs, you can do that with dogs because you can give them a treat when they answer right. <laughs> it's very true. Well, even animals, the best trainers don't use punishment. They just use incentives, which is kind of interesting. And I think it's a great point, Dan. It's actually not the best way to work with humans, which is why so many people find the education system stultifying, I think is the word, and just constricting and use the word conforming, just doesn't allow for, okay, now what are you going to do with this information? What do you want to do? Because those are answers that they don't know. Now, here's my question. Does it take courage to ask questions you don't know the answer to? Well, I think if you haven't done it before, it does. Because to a certain extent, you're entering into a realm where you have to become interactive. Mm -hmm. Okay, because the person might answer your question, which is an open-ended question. So conformist learning uses closed-ended questions. That means that only one answer is correct to the question. And open-ended is where the answers can be many and totally unpredictable. Okay. But the thing is that when someone answers in a very unpredictable way to an open-ended question, are you good enough then to respond in a learning way? Can you learn? You ask the question, okay, and you don't know the answer, and then the person answers, and the answer surprises you. Can you then learn from the answer that the person has given you to your open-ended question? Mm-hmm. So in the first process, there's no learning on the part of the teacher because the teacher already knows it. And there's no learning on the part of the student, if you will, because they're supposed to have known it. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, it strikes me this is really the difference between teaching and coaching. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because you and I and a number of others just came back from our coaching conference. So we had all of our strategic coach 
coaches, mm-hmm. associate coaches in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. And I was sitting at dinner next to Russell Schmidt, who was our very first associate coach in 1995. And he's the only one who really has a teaching background. He taught in high school and he taught at community college. And then he left teaching, went into the financial services, became a financial advisor, and then heard about Strategic Coach, and he signed up for the coaching program. And he said the first hour he was in the first workshop, and the first hour is the lifetime extender. And he said, this is the first time in my life that I know what education is. He said, finally, after all my years in the educational system, where there wasn't any education, I've discovered a place where everything is about education. Mm, that's so powerful. Everything is education. Oh, yeah. So good. yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if it's all education, but it's all learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a great point. Yeah. When someone can be asked a question that the coach doesn't need to know the answer to and reflect on their own experience and set their own intention for what they want to have happen, that's what true learning is because it's real. It's personal to you. It's not what someone else needs you to know. It's what you need to know. Yeah. And I think the difference with the open-ended approach where the coach doesn't know the answer to the question in the mind of the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. everything that's unpredictable is a success. Right. But with closed-ended conformist teaching, Every answer that's unpredictable is failure. Mm, That's fascinating. The only unpredictable thing that can happen is negative. Uh Where in our system, everything that's unpredictable is success. It's a breakthrough. Dan, another thing I've heard you say is that coaching is about asking questions. And really good coaches ask really good questions. By definition, those are open-ended questions with unpredictable answers by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're confident that you can deal with any kind of unpredictable answers. As a matter of fact, you're enriched by the unpredictability of people's answers because it uh, immediately opens the door to new questions. Mm. The unpredictable answers to your open-ended question immediately suggests more open-ended questions that go deeper and go further. Mm. So there's no end I mean, I remember I did one workshop. I had four tools ready to take people through. And I just started with a question in the first hour, six-hour workshop. And I never got to any of my prepared tools. We just started a conversation, and the conversation went with breaks. It went for five hours, five, six hours. And I created a couple of new tools in the course of it. I said, okay. Why don't we write down the three most important things that you've learned from the conversation so far? And they did. And I said, okay, let's go into our breakout groups and just talk about it. And I did that twice during it. And I had always wondered if I could hit a workshop unprepared and have a really great workshop just by thinking of some questions in the three or four minutes before I started the workshop. And I did it. I did it. And I said, I could actually do that 
very easily, I think. Just go into a room and say, okay, let's talk about three things. And then you do a breakout group and they talk about their top three things. And then you have a conversation and say, okay, what are the top three things you just learned from our conversation? And you could keep it going forever. Well, yeah. And it's based on what they say. And then, as you said, you ask new, really provocative questions out of that. That's one of your definite mm. unique abilities. And you make connections for people. And, you know, if there's a smart board in person, you'll draw a diagram that helps really capture that thought. So it's powerful. And that whole willingness to be conversational rather than just one directional, I think, is another key part of it. But as you said, you're learning. You know, those unpredictable answers are spurring new questions, which leads to new conversation, which lead to new insights. And that's the dynamic part of coach that's so amazing. And it's interesting, Dan, because one of our previous podcasts, we talked about coaching and information technology are the two fastest growing industries. So lots of, I'm sure lots of coaches (laughs) or people who will have a coaching role in their business are listening to this right now. So what is your, if someone wants to just take this and use it right after they listen to it or tomorrow, what would you recommend for how people can put this into practice for themselves? Well, I think that you have to, if I can go to the center of this, I think it has to do is what knowledge is important for people to live successful lives. Mm. You know, going forward in the 21st century, what knowledge is important? Is it knowledge that exists outside the person or is it knowledge that can be created inside the person? And I've decided all my bets are on the second answer. Mm. And I said knowledge that is known out in the world is available to anybody who wants to go and find that knowledge. I mean, we have a you know an entrepreneur, Stephen Poulter, who's a very famous IVF doctor in the world. He's got a son who I think is 13 or 14. Mm. And when he was around nine years old, Sam, his son, came home and said, Dad, I figured it out. And he said, what have you figured out? He said, my teacher brings up a topic today. I come home tonight and I find five YouTube videos on the topic. And tomorrow I know more about the topic than she does. He says, I figured it out. I figured it out. That's the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. Any topic somebody brings up, I come home, I find five YouTube videos. They're all different from each other. And I know more than the person who spoke to us. <laughs> so love- that handles the knowledge part, the outside knowledge part. And then the big thing is, do you have questions that allow people to turn their own unique individual experience into new knowledge that's just extraordinarily useful for them. Mm. And I've decided that that's where all the knowledge in the world that really matters is because it's unique to them. The experience is unique to them. The thinking that's going to turn their experience into new knowledge is unique to them. And the new knowledge is unique to them. And I said, I think that's the knowledge that people are really looking for. Mm. Brilliant, Dan. If I think about a world where someone's always trying to put information into me rather than one that's asking me questions so I can gain that knowledge and wisdom for myself, I'll take door number two. (laughs) Much prefer that. Thank you, Dan. As always, interesting and enlightening. Appreciate it. Thank you, Shannon. 